we praise your name, Jesus. Oh, we praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Amen. I'm thankful to the Lord. He is so good. Amen. Amen. I have a lot of announcements, and I asked Brother Timothy if he would start our stream because I want everybody to be able to see these and hear these and then go back and remember them if they need to because I got a lot that I need to say and get across to you. And uh, I say it better when it's recorded online and you can hear it again and again and again. Actually, I don't say it any better, but it comes across more clearly. First of all, I want to say a great big thank you to Brother Dean Compton. <laughs> Amen. If you notice the floor out here, he worked on that. And, uh, you know, I approached him and said, we need, to, we need to change the floor in the bathrooms. And he said, okay, I can do that. And I looked at it and I said, well, while you're at it, it would probably good, be good if we could just go all the way into that foyer. And he said, I can do that. And I said, well, while you're at it, well, I'm going to be thinking of some more stuff because I know you can do it. <laughs> but thank you, Brother Dean. And, and uh, you probably have noticed by now, but he's been playing the bass the last few weeks, and he's uh, quite good at that as well. So thank you, Brother Dean. Thank you for blessing us as a part of our worship. Amen. I'm appreciative to Brother Dean, Sister Medea. She's been here helping him with that too. So they're a team, and they're doing great work together. Amen. Thankful for that. Amen. I already mentioned we're going to have our reception today after the cake with the graduates. Thankful for that. Remember that. Get hungry for some cake as you're seated where you're seated. Um, next Saturday, so that's the 2nd of July, this, this coming Saturday. Uh, we've been having men's prayer here for the last year or so uh, on Saturday mornings. Uh, the last few weeks, we bumped it up to 6 o'clock. If you're like me, you notice that the day is starting sooner. And so we started our prayer sooner to match that. This coming Saturday morning at 6 a.m., I want us to have all church, all family prayer. So everyone is invited this Saturday. Amen. And so... My eyes are on you on the camera watching if you're not here. You hear this announcement, you're welcome, you're invited, everyone's invited. I know that it's early for some people to get up to be here at 6 o'clock, but I promise you it's the, it's the best way to start your day. And once you've started your day that way, you realize it's the best way to start your day. Amen. So this Saturday... This is, uh, it's similar, it's not exact, but our other congregations have been doing similar efforts um, the last little while, and um, I'll just go ahead and say it right now, La a couple of weeks on a Tuesday, I said something to the effect of all the things that the Lord wants to do with our congregation, they're not all going to take place on Sundays at 11 o'clock, amen, and I believe that this is part of it, coming to coming to prayer, coming to Tuesday nights, coming to things that are not just Sunday at 11, because the Lord can do more when we do more. Amen? So Saturday, 6 a.m., look at your neighbor and say, I'll see you here at 6 a.m. <laughs> Amen. Speaking of Tuesdays, I am supremely excited this is me being supremely excited, in case you haven't learned that by now. But I am so excited because we're going to have a special guest minister with us this Tuesday. Someone who's never been here before. Someone most of you, I think all of you, um, have never seen or met before. But he has preached all around the world, literally. He, I got a few notes here. I got I to make sure I'm... I'm mentioning these. He's preached all around the world. He is 
the district superintendent of the North Texas district. He's pastored in Dallas, pastored and then moved on into other phases of pastoring in the church there in Dallas for over 40 years now. He was one of my personal heroes when I was a child and still to this day. And he is my uncle, my uncle Rick Flowers. He's going to be speaking to us here Tuesday night. So I am looking forward to that. It's going to be our privilege and our honor. I'm encouraging everybody to be here. So look at your neighbor and say, I'll see you Tuesday at 7. Amen. Looking forward to that. Also, Saturday, July 9th. So, so not this coming Saturday, but what's this Saturday? Prayer, 6 a.m. The following Saturday, we're having a softball day in Richland. And this is not just for the youth, okay? This is for everybody. In Richland, 12 o'clock, so you don't have to get up as early unless you want to get up and pray, and you, then you still got time to get to Richland on Saturday. 12 o'clock, uh, we're doing softball. This is a, it's a fundraiser that we're doing, the, the, all, the District of Washington is doing uh, this, it's Move the Mission. If you remember Sheaves for Christ, it's what used to be Sheaves for Christ, now it's Move the Mission. And so we're doing, this is our fundraiser for all of our sections, so people from the Yakima area, the Tri-Cities area, Walla Walla, and all around our part of the state are going to be there. Uh, I'm encouraging all of you to go. If you have questions about it, let me know. If you don't play softball, that's okay. You're still welcome to go. They have good weather there, just like we have here. And uh, it'll be a good time to get out and just fellowship and meet some people, see what uh, the Lord is doing. It'll be fun. So that's Saturday, July 9th. 12 o'clock in Richland. Um, it's, uh, if you want to go, let me know. I'll tell you the exact address and details and all that. But it's going to be fun, and softball's fun. So it'll be a good time. Last thing that I have here to mention is October 2nd. I know that sounds far away, but that's going to be our next Life Church United service with all of the four congregations. October 2nd, it's going to be in Tacoma. It's not in Ellensburg this time. You're going to have to get up a little sooner, a little earlier. We're going to be in Tacoma October 2nd uh, for a Life Church United service. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll pass around more information, probably do some carpooling, do whatever we need to do to make sure if you want to be there, you're able to get there. October the 2nd in Tacoma. Amen. That's a Sunday, so we won't be here. Amen. Brother Dean, thank you. Graduation and reception after. Get hungry for some cake. Prayer, Saturday, 6 a.m. this Saturday. Tuesday night, special guest minister. Softball, Richland, July 9th. I told you I got a lot of stuff. I'm making sure you heard them all. Softball in Richland, July 9th, and then Life, uh, Life Church United, October 2nd. Amen? If you heard all that, say amen. 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 Why don't you stand, shake somebody's hand next to them. We're going to dismiss our children. Your class will be upstairs today, children. Amen. 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 Praise God. Um, while our children are being dismissed and as you're returning to your seats... I wonder, the three that are graduating, I won't make you do anything else, but if you will just come sit on the front. Would you sit here on the front for just a second? I told you I won't make you do anything else. Don't be shy. Don't be nervous. 
not going to make you preach or say Happy Mother's Day or Happy Father's Day or anything like that. You can all be seated. Amen. I appreciate you, gentlemen. The Lord's hand is on your life, all three of you. Noe, you had a, uh, a graduation party last week and uh, got to go to that, and I was just writing in your card and thinking what I might write in there, and then I felt the Lord impress a verse to me. And uh, Brother Timothy, if you'll put this on the screen, I just wanted to share it with, with the three of you and then with everybody. Psalm 145, verse 18. Psalms 145:18. I love you guys. You're not in trouble. Don't don't act like you're in trouble. I love you. I just want to share this with you. It's a very short verse, very simple thought. It says, "The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth." And as as the Lord was impressing that uh, to me as I, in the context of writing this in a, gradu- a high school graduation card, I thought well, that's, a, that's a peculiar uh, phrase or passage of scripture to, uh, to share with someone that's graduating high school. I thought, I mean, sure, it's in the Bible and we all need to know it, but what's the significance of that to a person in this state right now, in this stage of life? And I believe as much as anything else, he would have you gentlemen know and have us know as the church, he will always be there. The Lord is nigh, that means near, near to. He's close to all them that call upon his name. To all that call upon his name in truth. I want to encourage you. Take this scripture, know it, believe it, use it. This, the Bible says that this, the word of God is a sword. And uh, a sword is really a weapon to be used. A lot of times we see them and they're up on a mantle or somewhere in a, in a museum maybe. But this is a word from God that he's giving to us to use. Call upon him. Amen. Would you just pray there where you're seated for a moment? Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness to us, Jesus. Lord, I believe it. I know that you are close and near to all that call upon your name. You are close, Lord Jesus, and near to all that call upon you in truth, Lord Jesus. God, there are so many times throughout our lives that we need you. So many various situations, God, we find ourselves in. And we think, I just need the Lord right now. I believe this scripture, God, this word from you, that you are close to us when we call on you. You are close to us, Jesus. You are as close as us mentioning your name, and you are there. I believe it, and I'm thankful for it, Jesus. I know that you will never leave us. I know that you will never forsake us. I am so thankful for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite Brother Hart to come and share what he may have from the Lord for us. You guys can... Stay there or you can return to your seat. Just be comfortable. Amen. Amen. I would add a portion of a verse to that for those young men, and it is to remember the Lord in the days of thy youth. Don't forget about him and what he's done for you up to this point because he's, he's the one that's going to keep you in this world that is uh, continually getting more and more dark and unrighteous and it's doing everything that it can to pull us further and further away from him remember him amen I'm gonna
Amen. If you have your Bibles and would turn with me to Romans chapter 1 this morning. Do my best to be quick here, but I do feel like this is something that the Lord's been speaking to me about for a couple weeks. And so I feel a feel it feel it pretty strongly in my spirit. I just want to seek to be obedient this morning. Romans 1, 16. I'm going to read pretty quickly. I have a lot of verses here, so if you follow along, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, therein, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Man, that's, wanted to start there because that's kind of the positive note. And I'm going to end on a positive note, but that's, that's going to be one of the last positive notes for just a few moments. Verse 18 this is the flip side of the gospel and the righteousness and what, what it looks like if we don't adhere to that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold or hold down and suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That verse has been one that stood out to me so much in the last few weeks. The fact that our unrighteousness or the unrighteousness of men can hold down the truth from doing and fulfilling what it's intended to do. And that is, the truth is, it's so much It's because it's God, but the truth is the gospel. And then that gospel is what brings us into righteousness and then brings us into holiness so if unrighteousness is holding down the truth, then we don't get to righteousness and we don't get to holiness. We don't continue in sanctification if we're living in unrighteousness and holding down or suppressing the truth. Verse 19, and again, this is going to be kind of an unraveling of what, what that looks like of the life of those who live in unrighteousness. And I would just kind of make the note as well as we read through these scriptures this morning to notice that in scripture there's not really any gray areas most of the time it's it's usually pretty black and white but you'll realize in this reading this morning a lot of these references are not just it's not just to people that are in the world but a lot of them you'll see some of the wording and terminology as people that probably are in the church or say that they're christians say that they believe god some of the verses even, even say that, so keep that in mind. It's, it's two separate groups of people, but it's a group of people that also say they're part of the church. Verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know, we hear it a lot of times, and it's kind of a thing with Trinitarians to talk about the, the mystery of godliness and how it's something that is just a mystery and we have to accept that because we're not going to find it out and I kind of arrived at this point by starting a study about the mysteries of God and realizing there's a pattern in Scripture of God being the one who holds secrets and he has mysteries, but it, he's also the one that reveals those things. And that's his desire. For those that seek him, he desires to reveal himself to them. And he says here that the, those things about himself, about his God's head, are plainly seen. They're in his creation. They're in his power. So we're without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, 
So there it is. He's talking about people who knew God at one point. They glorified him not as God. Neither were, were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beasts, to creeping things. Verse 24, watch God's response. And this is is the beginning of three things that the Lord does. First is God also gave them up to uncleanness. They got to a certain point of unrighteousness and living in their own desires and and their own imaginations that God said, okay, that's what you want to do. I'm going to give you up to that. I'm going to give you over to that. He gave them up to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who's blessed forever amen and the more and more the lord has been dealing with me about this passage i i've been seeing so many examples of how this is true today I don't want to get into a lot of them, but I feel like just the leading of the Lord, some of them I need to touch on. And, and one of them is, and it, it, it goes into this here, so I'll actually, let me, let me finish reading this and we'll talk a little bit about it. Verse 26, this is the second thing God does. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. So first he gave them up to uncleanness. Now he gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Amen. There's a natural use, a natural definition of what women are, of what men are, and it's clearly defined in Scripture. Just going to leave that right there. (laughs) Verse 27, likewise, also the men, it's not just about the women, also the men leaving the natural use of the women, they burned in their lust, one toward another, man or men with men, working that which is unseemly. Receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God and their knowledge. Here it is again, the third thing. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despisers, proud boasters, and inventors of evil things. I think we're seeing all of those things today. And it's got to the point where there's Apparently, there's not enough evil things to entertain these type of people that now we're, interta- now we're inventing evil things. And that's, that's for sure the truth, or true thing that's happening, I should say. Men with men, women with women, trying to change fundamental truths that have been since the very beginning of what a man is, what a woman is. That it's, that it's something that's fluid, that, that it's just how you feel. As the Lord started dealing with me about this, I feel like he put a couple things in my spirit regarding truth. Some of those statements he kind of gave me were 
Number one, truth is absolute. Truth doesn't change. Truth doesn't have to keep up with the culture, keep up with the times. Truth doesn't have to worry about who it's going to offend. Because <laughs> it's truth. If you get offended at the truth, that's between you and God. That's not the truth's fault. <laughs> Secondly, or however many, Lee, I lost count. <laughs> but in addition, truth is not fluid. <laughs> doesn't fluctuate. Doesn't change. Doesn't bend to what we want it to, to what we're comfortable with. And I heard a statement the other day in this thing I was watching where this where a man was trying to, he went to a, and you, you all have maybe seen some stuff about it, but he went to this university with someone with a PhD degree in certain studies of, of women, apparently, and he was trying to ask this man, what is the definition of that? What is the definition of, of a woman? And he's asking, he, the gentleman who's asking the question said, I'm just trying to find the truth. He's like, you're a professor, right, at a university. You seek truth, don't you? I said, well, yeah, but I feel like you're being a little bit combative. You know, truth is, you asking for the truth is kind of offensive. It's like, what do you mean? If it's truth, it's truth. It's not what you like. It's not how it feels. It's truth. <laughs> and he never could get an answer. And that was the pattern at every individual that he would interview. Because it, it, it's... It doesn't line up with their agenda. It doesn't line up with what feels good and what's comfortable to them. And it's in unrighteousness, they'll, they'll pursue and love the pleasures and love the creature more than the creator. And not only will they love the creature more than the creator, but they will try to step into and enter the place of the creator and think that they can make a change to a human body, whether it's taking the taking a male, we're all adults in here, <laughs> mostly, taking a male genitalia and trying to turn that into, <laughs> we're going there, <laughs> trying to turn that into a female, and vice versa. I don't think it gets any more blatant than, than that of loving the creature more than the creator. Where did we leave off? I need to keep reading. Two more verses in this passage. 31, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. I th think that word is Im implicable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, watch, watch this, they know the judgment of God. This is people that knew God. They knew God at one point. And they know the judgment of God. That they which commit such things are worthy of death. They know that. Not only do the same, so they know that, they know they're worthy of death, and they do the same. Not only do they do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. And them that do those things. I'm going to ask the question this morning of all those things we just read of murderers, debate, deceit, all those things, unrighteousness. How often do we take pleasure in those things? You say, well, I don't. I, I don't like those things. Well, I think, yeah, what we're watching, our Netflix accounts, our whatever accounts, our streaming, would maybe say that we take a little bit of pleasure in some of those things. Some of the things, the unnatural affection, some of those things that we say, I would never do that, we'll entertain or we'll laugh at. And that's where it all begins. The entertaining of unrighteousness that will then lead to the sin. It will then lead to the darkness, the unholiness. Amen. Can we pray just a moment? I have some more verses, but can we pray here this morning? Jesus, in your name I pray. 
receive your word, Father, in humility. Jesus, we want to receive the truth. We want to know the truth. Father, we want to be preachers and be livers of righteousness, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want to be a preacher of righteousness. The Bible says in Peter that Noah was a preacher of righteousness in some of the most evil days that the earth had seen before it moved God to judgment to wipe out all of creation except for eight souls. Noah, in the midst of that, was a preacher of righteousness. And he only saw the salvation of his house and the animals. And in that same passage, I think it's 2 Peter 2 or 3, talks about Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah and how he was a righteous man, but he was vexed with the unrighteousness of Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to just continue to read quickly here. Second Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last days, everyone say, we're in the last days. Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Here it is again, without natural affection. That means with unnatural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. We see that. Traitors, heady, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Here it is again, the, the kind of the clue that this isn't just talking about the world. Because then it says, verse 5, having a form of godliness. How can you have all those other things and have a form of godliness? Well, it's because you still go somewhere that, you, that they call a church. You still do your devotional, and, but you don't live in righteousness. You still say you're a Christian, but you don't live in righteousness. So if you don't live in righteousness, you don't have the truth. You don't have holiness. So you have a form of godliness but you deny the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Never able to. Come to the knowledge of the truth. Jump to the next chapter, verse 1. I, f I feel this urgency that Paul, I'm sure, was writing to Timothy with. Because he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing of his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having 
itching ears. They shall turn away their ear from the truth. It means they're hearing it, or at one point they've heard it. But because they have these lusts and these pleasures that they desire more, they'll turn away because the truth confronts those things. The truth is going to try to lead you to righteousness. Truth is going to try to lead you to holiness. But if you're not interested in that, if you're not interested in change, you'll turn away your ear. You'll go look for someone that will agree and align with what you want to hear. That will just let you sit in the pew and feel, feel comfortable. That won't preach conviction. That won't preach righteousness. So you'll turn away your ear from truth. And you'll be turned unto fables. Just a few more verses. Titus chapter 1, verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers, deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, the religious, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert, subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Jump down to verse 16. They profess that they know God. They have a form of godliness. They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. They profess that they know God, but what they do doesn't match up and doesn't align with what they're saying. They can say all the right things, but they never come into obedience. They never line up truly with the Word of God. Or they take this part and that part. They take this part that says, oh, we shall lay hands on the sick. Take this part that says we can pray and demons will be cast out. But they don't take the part that says, yeah, but you got to live righteous. you got to live holy. you got to live set apart. From those, turn away. Okay, I promise we're going to end on a good note. At least my part. Romans chapter 5, verse 18. So all those things were the works of unrighteousness. Romans 5.18, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law ent entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. By Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'm almost done. Romans 6, 3 through 4. Know you not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we 
are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 20. These are the last verses right here. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. And what fruit had you in those things whereof you're now ashamed? Your life of sin, your life of unrighteousness that the Lord brought you from. What fruit was there in that? What benefit was there? What do you have to show for it? Nothing. For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness. Unto sanctification. In the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Can we talk to him just for a moment this morning? Jesus, we're going to walk in your righteousness today, Father. We're going to walk in your truth, God. I want to be conformed unto you, Jesus, and not conformed to this world. We'll be transformed today, Jesus, by the renewing of our minds. Lord God, I don't want to give in to the lust of my flesh or the unrighteousness of this world, the things around me, God, that vex my soul, that vex my spirit. God, I pray that we would turn away from those things. I pray that in righteousness, Jesus, we would pursue holiness, for without it, we will not see the Lord. I pray, Jesus, the spirit of holiness be loosed on this congregation today. Oh God, that you would grip our hearts this morning with the righteousness and the holiness of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I, I'm trusting that you are listening for the voice of God today. Thank you, Brother Hart, for sharing the word with us today. I'll tell you what I, I'll, I'm going to try to tell you what I feel in the spirit of the Lord here today. This, uh, what Brother Hart's sharing with us is God's principles, God's truth. And I'll I just want to be honest with you. This is a strange statement, I know, but what I feel here is a little bit like what I guess I would call uh, the Sunday school parent mentality, which, it, and I don't mean this as a personal reflection on any individual, but that's, that mentality is I'm going to take my child to Sunday school one hour out of the week and expect the Sunday school teachers to turn that child into a Christian. And then when they're not a Christian, I'm going to go to the Sunday school teacher and say, why is my kid not a Christian? I mean, I'm giving, to you, I'm giving them to you for a whole hour every week. A whole hour every week. 
I mean, what are you doing in there? Are you just playing games? Are you just feeding them sugar? They're yours for an hour. You're supposed to spit them out as Christians. We, uh, we know that that's, that's not right. And God forbid that any person only spend one hour a week with him in any capacity. But what I feel the Lord is sharing here today is I'm giving you a glimpse of what you face all day, every day in this life. And this little, this little principle that I'm trying to share with you, just one or a few little principles that I'm sharing with you today, if you hear them, that's great, that's wonderful, let it get into your spirit. But what it needs to be is an introduction, a, a hook, if you will, that gets into your spirit and pulls you towards the truth of God. Pulls you towards a lifestyle that says, I know there is more where this comes from. I know there is more truth. I know there is more life. I know there is more word. I know there is more honesty and direction from the Lord for me. And what I'm feeling here today is a, a sample of that. This is a little bit old school. I, I tell you, I work at the courthouse, and I've been in courts, and I don't see and hear this like I used to, but uh, maybe you see it in depictions of film or things like that. But you know what they do? What they, it's called swearing you in. When you stand on, you go to the stand, and you put your hand on the Bible, they say, raise your right hand. They say, do you solemnly swear to tell a little bit of truth today? Do you solemnly swear that at least one of these questions you're going to be asked, you're going to be truthful? Do you solemnly swear that you will give us a little bit of truth information that might help this, this panel today? No, that's not what they say. They say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? This is what I feel the Lord is pulling us into today by his spirit the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth i'm going to be really quick i just want to tell you one quick story i felt the lord press this on my spirit earlier in service today i felt like that has nothing to do with anything i don't know but there was i was at a job one of the former jobs that i worked and <clears throat> maybe about six months into the job or so, um, I was learning a little more, but it, this was a pretty complex thing, and a lot of it was new to me. And so a lot of times I'd be in a meeting with some of our other staff, and somebody would ask a question pertaining to my role and some of the things that I do. And uh, I would maybe sh try to share a little bit, but then I would look at the person who was responsible or training me or teaching me, and I'd say, is that right? Do you think that that's... You know, did I answer this sufficiently? And I, that, that had happened a few times. So then in a meeting with my manager, um, I just kind of conveyed, I feel like I'm still learning a little, you know, I'm learning little by little and I'm getting the hang of it a little more, but I know there's some complex things that I still don't have. And he made a statement, I'll be honest with you, it kind of hurt my feelings. The, it was a true and honest statement and it, was, it wasn't intended to hurt my feelings. But he, he said, yeah, I've noticed the punt a few times. And that's not a phrase people use a lot, but me being a sports figure head and knowing about you know, sports, I know uh, what he meant by that. A punt is when you give the ball to the other team, right? Without going way down this list today, but if you know football, you have four downs to try to get a first down or a touchdown. And if on the fourth down, if you haven't got that yet, you punt to give the ball back to the other team. Essentially, what you're saying is, take this away from me because I don't think, I don't feel confident that I can do on this next play what I should do, so I'm giving it back to you. And if you're an offensive player in that sport, the last thing you ever want to do is punt. 
You want to go for it every time. Keep the ball in my hands. I want it all the time. The significance of what I feel in that story today is each one of us, we're given the, the plays, we're given the ball, we're given the, the chance to be on the offense. You're given truth. You are given truth. And then you're put on the field, so to speak, when somebody says, oh, what, what, is this right? What does the Lord think of this? What does the Bible say about this? How do you feel about this? And you think, I don't have anybody to hand this off to. And you punt it. And that truth just sails away from you and them, and it's, it's out of the picture. I, I feel this very strongly from the Lord today. What are we doing with the truth? that he shares with us. What are we doing with what we learn? Not just here in the, in the church that we learn, but in our life of our relationship with him when he shares something with us, when he teaches us something. What am I doing with that? I, you know we become responsible for those things that we hear, that we learn. First of all, to put them into action in our own life and to live according to the truth, but then to share it when it's needed, where it's needed, how it's needed. We become responsible for that. Would you stand with me? I'm, I believe the Lord's going to help us today. I want us to pray specifically that the Lord would empower us and what we're going to do with the truth empower us not just to know it i feel like we we've heard and we've seen and we we get enough uh, steady diet of truth that i don't think there's anybody here that would just say oh i, I don't know really what's true i don't know that that's how god feels or that's what the word share says no i feel like we know these things i want us to pray empowerment from the lord to live a life of truth Amen. Can we pray that? Lord Jesus, God, I pray it right now in the name of Jesus. I believe in the truth of your word, God. I believe in the truth, Lord Jesus, of all that you are sharing. God, what you've spoken today to us. God, what your word says to us. I believe in that truth, Lord God. I hold fast to it today, Lord Jesus. I put my faith in your word, God. I put my faith in your truth. I know that it is the thing that is true. It is the only truth, Lord God. It's the whole truth. Jesus, you are truth. Your word is truth. I pray today, God, empower your people, Jesus. God, I pray spiritual impartation of boldness today. I pray it today, God, to live according to truth, to walk according to truth, God, to give answers according to truth, Lord Jesus. Not God, not to just hide it away. God, not just to hold it on to myself, Lord, and cling to it just for me, but to share it, God, that the light of your truth would shine. Jesus, that the light of your truth. God, everywhere I go, I know there's darkness around me. God, each person I come in contact with that's not a part of your body, I know that there is darkness there that the light of truth can shine into. God, I'm praying today the empowerment to share that truth, to shine that light of truth, God, into a dark situation, into what looks like a hopeless situation today, God. I pray it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you receive it today? Receive what the Lord is giving to us, Lord Jesus. If it helps you, raise your hands. Receive it, Lord God. I, Lord, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Spiritual impartation to your people. God, to live and walk according to the Word. To live and walk, oh God, in the light of truth, Lord Jesus. God, I believe it. I'm accountable for it. 
the things that you share with me, the things that you teach me in your word, and show me, God, very plainly through revelation, Jesus. I become accountable to these things, Lord. I know that this world I'm living in does not see the truth the way that you've revealed it to me, God. I'm not using that as an excuse to live their way instead, to walk according to their understanding instead of the truth. God, in your name, I believe it today, Jesus. I believe it today, God. I'm opening these altars right now. I feel the Lord wants to pour into some spirits today. I feel like the Lord wants to pour into you strength, power, revelation, knowledge, wisdom. Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is here. I'm asking you to receive what He wants to give you. I'm asking you to open up with a place of openness in your spirit to receive. Empower me, Lord Jesus, today. God, I want to receive what you have for me. God, to walk in it every day. To let it be the thing that upholds me. God, to let it be the thing that my life is built upon. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, as I have received it from you. As I have received it from your word. I want to walk in it, Lord Jesus. I want to walk in it, Lord God. We don't let the unbelief of others affect us. We don't let the questions and the doubts of others affect us in our own walk with the Lord. Come on, He's calling you to a place of personal revelation today. He's calling you to a place of personal understanding. I'm not looking at the unbelief of others, God, and judging you based on that. I'm not judging your word based on that, God. I know that you are true. I know that your word is true, God. And I stand upon it today. I stand upon it today in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. I'm not looking to the right or to the left, God. I'm not looking anywhere else but unto you, God. You are the author of my faith. Jesus, you are the one that writes your word on my heart. You're the one that writes your truth into my spirit, Lord God. I receive it today, Lord Jesus. I receive it today, oh God. Come on, open up to the Lord. He wants to pour it out. He wants to pour it out to you. Receive it today in the name of Jesus.
Timothy, if you would put Psalm 148, 15 back on there one more time. Psalm 148, 15, this is the verse that I read at the beginning. Hallelujah. It says, The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon his name, all that call upon his name. And then it says, to all them that call upon him in truth. Those last two words, in truth, are the qualifier of that verse. But even more than that, it shows me there is such a place as truth. It's a, it's a place you can live in truth. That, that story that Brother Hart shared about the professor saying, well, you can't ask what's the truth. You can't seek the truth. That's offensive. That's going to hurt people's feelings. I can't share that here. I would, I would submit to you it's because, and not just to single a person out, but it's because if that person is not living in truth they're not going to know it they won't they won't know it if they're not living in truth they don't know truth I just, just I'm telling you what this has just changed from the empowerment to the invitation it's the invitation to truth to get in truth. Lord, I receive it today. Jesus, I want to live in truth. I want to call upon you from a place of truth. Jesus, to live in your truth, God, because I know that once I'm there, Jesus, I am right with you. Once I'm there, I have righteousness. God, in your name, Lead us into truth, God. Lead us into the places of truth, the word of truth, the life of truth, God. I speak it today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this invitation. I thank you for this invitation, Lord, that I could dwell in truth, that I could live in truth, God. I claim it today, Jesus. I claim it over my own life, God, and over each one of these that are here today. God, that we would find that place of truth to live in. That I would find that place of truth to dwell. Come on, this is what David means when he says... Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to dwell in His place of truth. I'm going to make His residence my own residence. That's where I'm going to abide. That's where I'm going to live. So as I speak, I speak in truth. I walk in truth. I live in truth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and give Him praise? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful to the Lord. Hallelujah. I encourage you. Follow this today. Follow this today. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another. Shake some hands. And get ready for cake.